0: Welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is TJ. My wife Melissa are the pastors here of Soul Revival Church. And we are honored and blessed to be a part of what God is doing in and through Soul Revival and the way he wants to reach our community. And uh, we're in the middle of a series right now. I guess I shouldn't say the middle. This is week two of a series entitled Soul Searching. Soul Searching. Now, all of us have done some soul searching. We're all trying to figure out who we are, why we're here and what the plan is for our lives. But uh, thankfully, we've got a God who loves us and he actually lays it out for us right here. He's like, hey, here's my purpose for your life. And here's what that can look like. Now, don't be intimidated by this Bible, though, because it's not a rule book on what you have to check off in order for God to love you. God loves you and he's like, hey, here's some guardrails for life. Here's some ways that you can live out that life so that you can have joy beyond measure. And that's what I'm all about. I want to figure out what does God have for our lives and how does he want to bless us and how does he want to use us so that we can ultimately look more like him. This is his love story for us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us so that he could be in relationship with us. Isn't that good? Yeah. And today we're going to be in Genesis 1 um, to kick things off. If you got a Bible, cool, you can get, find your way there. I'm going to be in uh, verse 26. But otherwise it's behind me on the screen. But uh, Genesis this is where it all starts. And uh, I want to read this together this morning. And it says, Then God said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created him. Now, if you're taking notes today, the title of this message is Image Bearer. Image Bearer, would you pray with me? God, I thank you. Thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are here with us right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me today. Help me get out of the way. Whatever it is you would have for all of us, that we would respond to it and that we would leave here different. And not just leave here for a momentary difference, but a long-term difference for who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anybody remember the first time you, like, first cared about what other people thought? Like, what kind of image? What's your image? What do people think about you? Probably not. You're just like, it's been forever. For me, I remember, though, it was middle school. You know, grade school, it didn't really matter. No one really made fun of you for what you wore or didn't wear or anything like that. But middle school is when it's like, you started to see those different little pockets of people that were there, you know? And I I was friends with everybody. So I was naturally confused. Like... I hang out with skateboarders with the Jenko jeans. You know what I'm saying? Like just straight wide all the way down. No one knows what I'm talking about. I feel like they're coming back. People wearing, you know, way around the shoes and they'd be like, how wide are your pants and that's how cool you are. So I bought a pair. But then my homies on the basketball court were like, dude, what is that? So I was like, oh, man, I better, I better change this up a little bit. So then I got myself some overalls. You know those hill figure ones? Like, oh, yeah, that kid in play action. Yeah? Then my other friend's like, oh, what what are you thinking about? What in the world are you doing? So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just wear my sweatshirt inside out. So people are like, yeah, I know exactly when he grew up. Early 90s. And you're trying to figure out like this navigation about what is my image, who am I, and how am I going to present myself to others. And we get so wrapped up and concerned with what our image is as other people see us. And today I want to talk to us about what it looks like to be an image bearer. Because we all bear an image, but what is that an image of? Who are we showing to the outside world and why are we showing it to the outside world? And is that portrayal who you are on the inside? How do we get to know ourselves so that we can be confident in the image that we portray. Because what I want you to understand today is that you as an image bearer are not an image bearer of your family, an image bearer of your workforce, an image bearer of your friend group. No, you are an image bearer of the living God. You are an image bearer of the king of the universe who's saying, hey, I created you in my image. Therefore, you are an image bearer. But it's really easy for us to wear a mask, to hide who we really are, to try to be the person we think the world wants us to be. Or to hide the person inside of us that we don't want to acknowledge is there or maybe we're just lost and confused and don't don't know who we are. So we just wear these different masks to mask our feelings. So in order to become an image bearer, in order to become the image God has created you to be, there are two things that are going to help you remove that mask that we are going to dig into today. One, it's to know yourself. And two, it's to know God. Who doesn't love a two-step process? Simple, right? (laughs) Yeah. If it were all that simple, we'd all be walking around confidently like, yep, this is who I am. Feel good about me feel good in my skin. But as we explore it, we're going to get to understand more about what God says about us. So I want to read that verse to you again today. Where it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image. What better way to understand who you are and why you were created than to go to the creator who created you. That is the most efficient way to get to know yourself is to get to know God. And God is saying, "Let us make mankind in our image." Like, "Oh, our? What is that?" That is the Trinity, the Father, son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Father was talking to the son and the Holy Spirit, the son who is Jesus because Jesus was there in the beginning and in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God, and the word came and made his dwelling place amongst us and became flesh. That is Jesus. So at the beginning God's like, "Hey, huddle up. We're going to make people in our image. Isn't that incredible? God has made us in his image, and that is why we get to proudly profess the fact that we are image bearers. But saying what we are and living what we are are two different things. And he's done it for a specific purpose so that we can rule over the world. God wants us to live a life of purpose where we can help align the things that take place within our lives to make an impact around us. And say, look, I got a plan for you. And you're made in my image. But do you know yourself? Do you know yourself as an image bearer? 1 John 3, verse 1 in the message version says, what marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We are called children of God. Can you repeat that? Children of God. Say, I'm a child of God. We're getting there. We'll see it. Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or just take us seriously. Because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. And I think that's so important because if the world knows who you are and they understand you, the image that you're portraying and the image bearer that you are might not be one of God. It might be what you think the world needs to see. Because we all struggle to want to fit in. We all struggle to want to look like those around us so that we can be a cool kid or feel secure about who we are. But the reality is the more we hide, the more that we mask who God has created us to be, the more insecure we actually feel and we just continue to fight to cover it up. And I've been there and I've experienced it and I've felt it. And I feel like as we continue to progress and we mature in our faith, we still struggle with it as we seek emotional health. It's an ongoing process. Anybody like the sound of that? This is a process that never ends. The never-ending story. Anybody remember that movie, that weird dog flying around? (laughs) If we haven't met before and this is your first time here, if things just pop in my mind, i got to say them or I'll just keep thinking about them. But what a marvelous thing that God has created us as his children. So in order to know ourself and we're looking to the creator who created us, what is he saying about us? That you are my child. So how do we fight it? How do we fight trying to wear a mask? Because God's saying, you don't need to wear a mask. I know who you are. Because we put a mask over our face to mask the true us. I want to give you a little picture of this, a little example of what this could look like. I'm going to ask my son Matthew, could you come up here for a minute? That's my little guy. Can you give it up for him? He's part of our tech team. And today... He's hanging out with mom. And last minute I was like, hey, you want to come up and be a part of this message? And his face lit up. And he's like, yeah, dad, I want to be a part of it. I said, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to call you up and you're going to make your way over. Could you come over here for a minute, my man? Woo. Hey, man. Miles, you doing good? I see Miles Morales here, but I don't see Matthew Poiso here. Where's Matthew at? Are you under there? Oh, he said, yeah. He said, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Like, right, right. it's coming up to Halloween time. This is not why we have a mask. These are constantly being worn in our household. (laughs) Superhero Miles Morales. You look real good right now, but that's not who I know you to be. You you tracking with where I'm going right now? Um could you just could you take the mask off so I can see you? Ooh, there's my son. There he is, handsome little fella. In his image he created us. Look at, do we look alike? <laughs> but I don't think that's fully you though. Something's missing here. What else is missing? Here, I'll take this mask from you. What, what's missing? Oh, your glasses. Could you? Could you see? Sometimes the masks that we wear are very subtle, slight details that you don't think anybody else can tell, but God does. And this is my son, and I can tell he looks a little like me. So I don't know if I can call you handsome or not. Like what that really means. <laughs> but now I look at him, I'm like, "There's my son. There he is. There you are, man." And you are made in my image. And God wants you to know today, like, there you are. You are made in his image. But there's a moment that you have to take off the mask to reveal who you are. Because God is saying, I made you in my image. I didn't make you like Miles Morales. Miles Morales got his own purpose. I made you as Matthew Poisle and I got a plan for your life. God wants you to know in this place right now that God has created you intentionally in your image to be a reflection of his image, and he's got a plan for your life. But how can he fulfill the plan when you're walking around masquerading as someone you're not? And you need to hear this today, just like you need to hear this young man, that you are chosen by God. He chose you, man, exactly like this. No mask, these glasses, That's who he chose you to be, man. And he loves you. And I love you. You are a royal priesthood. You are royal priesthoods. You are a kid to the king on the throne. You are created in the identity of God. And you, young man, are royalty because God created you. You were born into a lineage to make an impact. And you are holy. And you are holy. You know what it means to be holy? The word holy means set apart. God has set you apart for greater things. But if you keep wearing a mask to mask the you that you think the world wants to see or the you you don't want to deal with, God can't do what he wants to do in your life. He's like, no, this is who I created. This is the version of the you that I created in my image and I don't make any mistakes. And you are set apart for big things. You are my special possession. You are God's special possession. He cherishes you. He loves you and he cares for you. And I can't think of any greater example of that as I look into my son's eyes and I see the love that he has for God, but I see this person that is so special that God has created and I want him to be confident in his skin. I want him to know that he doesn't have to walk around trying to be or pretending to be anything that he's not because who God created him to be is in the image of Christ, is in the image of God. You, young man, are an image bearer of God. You are an image bearer of God. Do you trust it? you believe it but God can't see you through a mask he knows you're there but he's like hey reveal yourself of who I've called you to be because my plans for you are greater than you could imagine and I love you I love you buddy he said love you too in front of everybody can we give it up for him good job buddy hey can you take this back with you 1 Peter 2, 9-10 declares everything that I just spoke over his life and over each and every one of you. That is the truth about who God is and who he says that you are. He calls you out of darkness so you can declare the praises of him who called you out of it. Allowing us to be a light, to be the light of the world. But you, the you that God created, not the you that you're pretending to be. The you that God says I got big plans for you that God says, yeah, I created you. Yeah, all those little imperfections, all of them. I make no mistakes. But how do we get to know ourselves more? Well, the more that you get to know yourself, the more you get to know God. But the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself. It's like that chicken or the egg thing, you know. I'm just going to lay it out for you. The chicken was created first, okay, because God created the chicken. But knowing God and knowing yourself is a little bit more tricky because it's more of like this, this ebb and this flow, this rock, this back and this forth. Because it's like I need to get to know who I am. But how do I get to know who I am? Oh, I need to get to know who God is. And the more I need to get to know who God is and I understand who God is, the more I'm going to understand myself because I was created in the image of God. I am an image bearer. Everybody say that with me. Image bearer. Oh, we can do better than that. Image bearer. There we go. That's what you are. That's who God has created you to be. An image bearer of God. So as we shift our focus to say, okay, if I'm starting to get to know myself and I'm going to the creator who created me so that I can get to know myself better, now I want to get to know the God who created me more so that I can know even more so who I am. Did I confuse anybody yet? First, 2 uh, Corinthians. 317. You want to know God? This is who God is. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who, with unveiled faces, woo, unveiled faces, the mask got to come off. With unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God saying, hey, get to know who I am and where I am, there is freedom, but the freedom comes to those with an unveiled face so that I can face the you that I've created and designed so that I can continue to mold you and form you into the image of Christ. Who's ready to be molded and transformed? Who's ready to say, yeah, I am an image bearer of God and not my insecurities. I am an image bearer of God and not my circumstances. I am an image bearer of God and not my past mistakes. Because I am a child of God. Man, you know how tall you can walk? Put those shoulders back. This is who God is. And God's saying, I'm his kid. I'm walking with a swag now. And I'm not cocky about it. I'm just confident. Because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about how good he is. And I'm just invited to the party. Oof. God wants to mold us and transform us continually into his image. So he made us in his image. But what this verse is telling us, there's still some work that, I, that I'm doing, though, to make you fully into my image. Because only God is perfect. And Jesus came and lived a perfect life. And he's saying, I want you to become more like Jesus the more you live. But the only way you can become more like Jesus is the more you get to know me. Because we need to know God in order to know ourselves. Are we ready to remove the mask? John 3, 16 and 17. Some of the most commonly referred to verses that people understand. But I think we need to dig into it further here today to understand fully who God is. Because when you know who God is and what he's up to, the way that it can transform your heart and your life. Because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is who God is. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And some of you have been walking around thinking you're not good enough for God. And God did not reject you. God has accepted you. Let me say that again. The you and you and all your flaws and all the mistakes and all the insecurities, all the things you continue to try to hide behind this wall, behind this mask, God's not saying, yeah, I've not rejected that. I have accepted you, but I'm not accepting you as you are portraying yourself to be. Let down the mask because I want it, flaws and all. That's where I do my finest work. That's where I transform lives. That's where I work on your heart so that I can mold you into the image of me. But if you don't come to me surrendered and ready saying, God, use me and work in me. And you're hiding who he's created you to be. How can he transform you into his image when he's created you in his image if you're trying to portray a different image? Continue to pursue God. Continue to get to know God. Spend your time in his word and what he says about who you are and how much that he loves you. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for those, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is a verse everybody knows. It's like, okay, cool. God works for the good of everybody that are called according to his purpose. We got, we got to remember the end of that statement because God is loving you and he's working it for the good when you're pursuing him. Because when he works it for your good, ultimately it's working it for his good. So when we're aligned with who we are and we're an image bearer of God and we're pursuing him, he's like, yeah, I'm working it for your good because my good is good for you, whether you believe it or not. So maybe you got that job and you're like, man, I'm just not progressing the way I'd like to be. Or maybe you're in that relationship and you're like, man, this marriage is a lot of hard work. Marriage is hard work, right, babe? Yes, she said that very loudly. (laughs) Things in life do not come easy, although we would like them to. But you need to trust and have faith that God is working it for his good as you're following him. But those verses continue and says, for those God foreknew, like, hey, I knew those who were going to come and follow me. It's crazy how God knows who's going to follow him, but still he's chasing after everybody. He's God. We're never going to fully get everything about him. And if he were God and we could, he wouldn't be God. You track And he's like, hey, I know those are going to come after me and they're going to be conformed to the image of his son who is Jesus That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. He's saying, look, I'm calling all of you to follow me, to trust in who Jesus is. And I'm going to make you into his image. But you got to come as an image bearer of me. Give me all of it, the good, bad, and the ugly. So as we get to know God to become an image bearer, then we also get to know ourself. God is working for the good of the real you, not the fake you. God is working for the good of the you who is willing to unveil the mask that you've been masquerading around in. He wants to work all things for your good. But you got to be willing to say, God, here I am. Here I am. I think it's important to note that as we process this and we remove a mask, that there's some wounds that might be under there. There might be some scars that are under there, and we wonder, and we question with the emotions that we have, and there's anger and frustration and sadness that we're wrestling with and dealing with, and what do we do with these emotions? Because... News flash, God gave you those emotions to express yourself. The feelings that you have, he's given you. You can remove the mask and allow yourself to feel them, but how you respond to those feelings is what matters. So Just because someone makes you mad because they cut you off while you were driving doesn't mean they deserve the bird. It's <laughs> saying, that just made me mad. Now, God, what do I do with it? That just made me so upset right now. And my finger went up, but my hand, the finger stayed down. Whew. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And the way that our minds have been conditioned to think, though, is, hey, I was just thinking that, so now I'm an awful person and God must not love me. How am I going to get myself together so that I can come back to God? And God's like, no, I gave you that emotion. So that you can respond to the feelings that you have. But how do we do it in a healthy way? And I want to give you an example of this. The best example is of David. I love David. I love from the the moment that he was anointed to be king all the way until he became king. After he became king, he did some shady stuff. But, you know, God redeemed him. If anybody knows about Bathsheba, if not, Google it after. Look it up in your Bible. But David did so many things right as it came to him knowing who he was. He knew how to respond because he knew God and he knew himself because he spent so much time with God. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 14. This is what David wrote. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He's like, I was made in the image of God and I am an image bearer for God, so I praise you. Do you ever praise God because you were wonderfully made? Do you struggle to feel like you were wonderfully made? You need to know right now that you are carefully fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. What's unique about this, though, if you read through Psalm 139 and you continue a few verses later, David's like, I hate my enemies. I hate anybody who hates you. God, can you take them out and kill them ASAP because they are getting on my nerves. Emotions. He went to God with his emotions. Oh, I hate them. In our house, we're like, don't say hate. He, read the Bible. It says hates them. But well, guess what follows that? But God, reveal any ungodly things within me. Show me the errors of my ways. Help me to look more like you. Sometimes you got to let it out. One of my favorite things to do when someone makes me mad is I type the whole text up. Don't put their name in the two yet in case you accidentally hit that little blue arrow. And if your arrow is green, we can talk about it later. But you just type it all up. Then I go, God, I'm going to give this to you. Then I'll erase it. It's not bad that you have a thought because we're imperfect humans, okay? It's not bad that you have a feeling of sadness, anger, or frustration. Those things are not bad. But how we respond to it is where we can get into trouble. And David in this moment, what does he do? He turns to God. He's like, ooh, I'm praising you, God, because you made me and who I am. And could you slay my enemies for me because I hate them. But God, please reveal to me what's wrong with me and help me look more like you. So it's processing the emotions that you're feeling and a sign of you growing spiritually mature is by saying, I felt this thing, but I'm going to go to God with it and not to Facebook. I'm going to go to God with it and not gossip about it. Because as you go to God about it and you ask him to reveal what's wrong about the way you're responding, he will give you rest and peace for your soul. He's like, hey, I created you. I designed you. Those feelings you're feeling are normal. But help me help you. Help me help you, Jerry Maguire fans. Show me the money. But here's where he's, he's, God is like, let me help you out. We've all got wounds, and when we're bleeding, go to the only one that can truly heal them, and that's God. Because then as he heals them, you start to look more healthy, now you can respond to it differently. Because in order to know God, we got to know ourself, and the more we get to know ourselves, is the more we can know God, and the more we get to know God, the more we get to know ourself. And David is a great example of it. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when David slays Goliath. Woo! This young teenage dude coming to the battlefield and taking out a giant. That's motivational. Every locker room we're talking about it. Let's go slay a giant. Let's win this championship. Or at least get one W on a season. But there's a whole lot of adversity that David had to overcome in order to come to that moment that God has called him to. See, David was chilling at home, taking care of the sheep. And his dad was like, hey, I need you to take your brother to some lunch, check in on him at the battle line, see how they're doing, make sure everybody's okay. So he comes up with this cart. I don't know if he had a donkey or not, it just says he had a cart. So I picture one of those, Like he's just walking with it like... He's in great shape, and he's just like, I'm getting my workout in. And he shows up, and he drops the card off, and he hears this big giant Philistine like, come on out. I'm about to slay whoever wants some. Step up. You ever had that person in school? Well, oh, yeah, meet me outside of school. Say it to my face. Most of the time you step in their face, they're not going to punch you, okay? But they might, so I wouldn't recommend it. And this giant's sitting there, and he's like, come on out. Who wants some of me? And David's sitting there like, who's this dude talking to? Does he know who our God is? Are you kidding me? Y'all let him talk junk like this for 40 days and didn't do anything about it. And then his brother steps in. It's funny. I'm going to read it to you. Eliab, his brother, his oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. And he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Like, hey, what are you doing here, little brother? You don't belong here. You're not a warrior like me. Shouldn't you be playing with the sheep? Shouldn't you be doing something different? Because you shouldn't be here. I know how conceited you are. See, that word conceited. He had a God confidence. His brothers calling him conceited. Sometimes we call out things in other people we really are seeing in ourselves. That's for a different day. And how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And I, So Matthew's our oldest. And I see the way that his little brothers look up to him, which is so cool. But then I wonder, like in this moment, David, how much he have felt. His oldest brother calling him out. Telling him he's no good. asking why he's there. You know how insecure that would make most people feel? You know how that would make you doubt who you are? Like, me, I just strolled up and asked who this dude was. He's defying God. I didn't say I was going to do anything about it. And his brother just snaps on him. He's probably just embarrassed that he didn't have the courage to go fight him, you know? See, but when we're an image bearer for God, we can respond differently than out of our insecurities. We can respond differently than what we think about who we think we should be or anything like that. Because he was like, hey, I'm just confidently coming through as God created me to be. So you know what? Even when my brother puts me down, even when your best friend puts you down, even when maybe your spouse puts you down, you can wreak some havoc in here, havoc in here. But when you are confident in the fact that you are an image bearer of God, you can respond differently. Because watch how how David responds. Now what have I done? Said David. Can I even speak? Dang, dude. Why are you in my business? I'm just asking a question and you had to come at me like that. I can't say anything? Really? And then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. (laughs) And the men answered him as before. He's like, man, whatever, bro. I'm going to ask them the same question because I don't got time for this. Reminded me of Micah, right? Our middle guy. You say something to him. He's like, oh, sure. And off he goes. Like he's not letting anything hit him. And I just imagine like, man, David's got to have some confidence, right? His big bro on the battlefield with all these other soldiers around him, putting him down. He's just like, eh, whatever. I'm going to ask someone else about it. So then he starts asking all kinds of people like, hey, What's with this dude? This Philistine, really? Does he know who our God is? And then Saul caught wind of what he was asking. Saul was the king and calls David over. That would be intense, right? The king, uh uh-oh, king's calling me. What's he going to say to me? Now Saul, being the king, is the one responsible for his army. So the fact that they were not responding to the Philistine in the moment, it really falls on Saul. Saul. Anybody ever been called to the principal's office? You're just like, oh man. Are they gonna call my mom? I hope not. I've been working on the forgery. I have no experience with that. I can't tell a lie. One time. Just once. I got caught. But here's David as he's approaching the king, like, uh oh. All right, he's about to give it to me because I've just been wondering why he hasn't been doing his job, right? That's what you think he would say, right? But here's how he approaches Saul. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So he doubled down. He didn't just come and say, hey, what's going on with this Philistine? He's like, yo, Saul, I'm ready to do what you can. I got confidence, and I'm ready. This dude's talking junk, putting down our God. I'm ready for it. Bring me to the battlefield. Let's go right now. This is how Saul replied. You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Man, I've been told I was too small my entire life. And that's what he's being told right now by Saul. You're too small. You're not good enough. You're too young. He's going to slay you. Man, how would that feel? The king, now the king, the leader, the person you look up to. Imagine you in your job and your boss is like, yeah, uh, great idea, but you can't do it. You don't have enough experience. You're not good enough in that role. Or like, coach, put me in the game. I'm ready, man. Just let me, let me, let me run that, bet, that pass pattern and I'm ready. Just throw me that slant. I'm gone. Nope, you're too small. You cannot get in the game. And here's the thing about Saul. Saul had been struggling. He had been battling some demons because he was told God's favor is being lifted from him. And now someone else is going to replace him. So he's on this battlefield feeling insecure. And actually through that time, he, he invited David. If you go to the chapter before this, David was invited in to lead worship in Saul's house. To help Saul with his problems. And he loved David so much in the way he was leading worship that he gave him the title of armor-bearer. Now, the armor-bearer is the one that comes with you to the battle and carries your armor so that when it's time to fight, he got you. So how must David have felt? Not only did he walk up, Saul didn't even recognize him. If you read in this story, he even says, like, who is this dude? Who's his dad? Didn't even remember him. And he had been called to be his armor-bearer. If I'm David, I'm mad. Like, yo, I was supposed to be carrying all your weapons. I was supposed to be here for this fight. But now I'm going to tell you, I'm ready to fight him. He's like, nah, uh you're too small. You ever feel like you're not good enough? Feel like everyone's putting you down? Uh-uh, too small, not good enough. See, but who are you an image bearer of? The world or your God? Because the way David responds, he's like, I don't care what you say, Saul. He didn't say that to him. But David said to him, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. Not because he's offended him, but he's like, no, you know who my God is? My God has rescued me time and time again, taking out lions and bears. So who is this dude? See, when you spend time with God and you get to know who he is and you know you're an image bearer of him, he's working in a quiet place that no one else has seen. But he is preparing you for a battle that's going to put you on the scene to fight back. But it can only happen when you remove the mask. And he's letting them know, look, I have seen God move. So who is this? The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Saul's like, all right, if you think so, go ahead and do it. He's like, of course he's going to do it because I've been spending my time with God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Almost done. Man, there are some battles that you've been wanting to fight and you're getting ready to fight. But have you been spending time with God in the quiet time to prepare you for that fight? Have you been getting ready to know the image that you bear is the one of God, but you got to get to know God. In order to get to know God, you got to get to know yourself, and in order to get to know yourself, you got to get to know God. This ebb and this flow, this beautiful dance, but the more that you spend time and press into both of those, get to know God, get to know yourself, the more that you'll feel confident, the more that you'll be able to remove that mask and trust in who God has called you to be and stop masking the you that you're pretending to be. Because God's got a plan for your life. And he calls you to something different. But in order to do it, it requires some courage. It requires you to be willing to be vulnerable. To be willing to put yourself out there because you trust what God wants to do. You trust his purpose for your life greater than your own. And saying, God has created me in his image. So as his image bearer, I'm going to walk with confidence in who my God is. And I'm going to be with him and see him move mountains. To pull me into battles. See, this dynamic between Paul and David, I mean between Saul, wrong Saul. Saul and David is one that we need to press into. Because Saul, the reason why God's favor lifted from his hand is because he didn't live out the plan God called him to do. He was called to go and defeat the Amalekites. And instead of just defeating them the way God called them to, he salvaged some of the people. Because the people around him told him, this is what you should do. And then he blamed them for it when he got challenged about it. I was trying to make the people happy. Try trying to make somebody else happy. Versus David, who's like, I'm not worried about what anyone thinks around me because I know that I'm an image bearer of God and I'm ready to go into a battle because I'm trusting in who he is. And I'm going to fulfill and live out the call he's placed on my life, not to make anybody else happy, but to serve him. Because Saul, he was coming from this place of insecurity and David was secure in who God called him to be. He was living in fear of what others would think and David was living out of faith of who he knew his God was. Saul was living for man's approval, and David only cared about God's. And that's why in 1 Samuel, when Samuel comes to Saul, he says, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the commands the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. You know what's beautiful about this is David was anointed to be king, but David didn't know he was anointed to be king. No one did. It was like a secret mission where God sent Samuel to go and anoint the next king. David got anointed to be the next king, didn't know he was anointed to be the next king, but he went right back to the sheep and he was faithful. And he continued to be faithful, trusting God when no one else saw it because he knew who God called him to be. He was out there practicing with his guitar, leading worship to the sheep. He was out there battling lions and battling bears because he knew God was preparing him for something. So that when his time came and he got called in to lead some worship, he was ready. When he got called into a battle, he was ready. But he had to allow the mass to come off to say, God, no, I want to look just like you. I'm going to seek you with all of my heart. And God says, yes, he is a man after my own heart. Are we willing to be image bearers, to go in front of God and say, yes, I don't need a mask to do it, because I trust you with it. And as Saul tells David, go ahead, go into this battle. Let's see what happens, probably just thinking he's about to fail. But then he gives him the tools that he thinks he needed. 1 Samuel 17, it says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them I cannot go in these he said to Saul because I am not used to them so we took them off you see we're trying to put on the armor of the world we're trying to put on what everyone tells us we need in order to succeed and guess what you don't have to carry that anymore you can unmask yourself and say God I trust in who you call me to be I am an image bearer of Christ, not of my circumstances. I am trusting who God called me to be above anything else. Because guess what David does? He takes it all off and he goes into a battle and people probably thought he was crazy. Dude is not protected. He's not prepared for this battle. But guess what he took? He took the weapons that have been slaying lions and slaying bears. He took his sling and his stones and he laid out that giant. God's calling you to face your giants. But you can only do it if you quiet the noise and remove the mask from who you're trying to be. Because God has a bigger plan and purpose for your life. So I ask you today, what does it look like to remove the mask? What does it look like to seek God and look more like him? I can tell you for me what that looked like. I turned 38 last week. I was just battling with like, what's the next stage look like? What does the future look like? Been battling like the hair just getting a little thin up front for a few too many years. It's like the day is now. Like, Melissa, come outside with me real quick. I need you to just shave it off. Some of you are like, yeah, that's kind of uh, superficial. <laughs> she cares so much about your hair. But I think it symbolized the things that we try to hold on to in this world that identify us and we allow it to become part of who we are versus trusting in who God says that we are. So it's like, shave it all off. I don't need to mask who God's created me to be. All right, he called me to be bald. Here we go. Let's start a new story. We're on a new journey here, you know? But I just don't want anything to hold me back from God's greatest. I don't want anything to hold me back because I'm so concerned about what I look like or what other people think or perceive me as or the vulnerabilities and the difficulties that I'm struggling with on the inside. No, I'm gonna lay it all down at the cross and I'm gonna trust God with it and say, God, whatever you wanna do with it because I'm taking the mask off. What's that gonna look like for you? What's that mask look like? What's the mask that you need to take off and maybe reveal some baldness? But watch what God does with it watch how God will work and how he will move because he's saying, yeah, but that's how I created you. That's who I made you to be. You're my image bearer. So what image do you bear? I want in every season and in every way to bear the image of God. I want my life to be a reflection of what Christ did for me. Because God stepped in to our circumstances to save us. He says, I have created you in my image. I have chosen you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are my special possession. So you can declare my praises. But we need to unveil ourselves. We need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and transparent. And maybe that starts with you just being vulnerable and transparent with yourself. To say, God... I'm not letting you fully in. I'm trying to hide who I really am because he still sees you. He's just waiting for you to peel back that layer so that he can get in and do what only he can. The transformation that he wants to have for your life because God is so good. Ephesians 4:22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God has called you to be an image bearer. And in Acts 13, it says... After removing Saul, God made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought Israel to the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. God has brought us Jesus through that lineage. Jesus who came in and lived as a man but did it perfectly because he was fully God. And he shows us what it looks like to be an image bearer for our Father in heaven. To say this is what it looks like to walk and to follow me and to look different than the world does. Because when you look like me, the world will reject you. But it's okay because I have accepted you. Flaws and all. Jesus came in and he died for us. He gave his life for you and for me, although he was ridiculed and looked down upon because he knew that God had a purpose for his life. He had a battle for him to fight because thankfully when he gave his life, that's not the end of the story. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead so that through him, we can have resurrection power and it is flowing in our veins. Is that we allow ourselves to let the bass down just a little bit more. Maybe we can respond in a moment when we feel God stirring us. Maybe we can celebrate and rejoice. Maybe we can shout it from the mountaintops who Jesus said and he came to save our lives. Maybe you're in this space though today and you've never made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. You're like, I wanna know what that looks like. I wanna know myself better. I wanna know God, but I don't know where to start. Well, this is where it starts. God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It is a matter about believing that Jesus came and died for you and that he rose again and say, not only do I believe it, but I'm going to confess it. I'm going to proclaim it because that is good news because he showed what it looks like to be an image bearer. And I want to be an image bearer of Christ. So I want to ask in this moment, could everyone bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, and if that's you today, and you say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to remove the mask. I want to step into what it looks like to follow him fully. I believe that he died for me. I'm going to ask that you would just shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus came and died for you. Two, he would do it again and again to show you what it looks like to walk in the image of God so that you can have it too. And three, if that's you, would you raise your hand in the air today? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, I thank you for each and every hand raised. I thank you for those making that decision to step into a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would give them courage, that you would give them confidence, that you would help them to walk in step to trust you wherever they go. God, we thank you that you died for our sins. And we celebrate your goodness in all that we do, and we celebrate and praise Your name today for every decision made to step into that relationship. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate as all of heaven rejoices? I got. I got a second. I got a second uh, response. Second opportunity. Everyone, keep your eyes closed for a minute. Now, if you're sitting here today, you're like, man, I'm wearing this mask and I don't want it. I want to fully trust in who God's called me to be. I want to be an image bearer of God and out of this world. I want to follow him wherever he goes. If that's you in this place, would you raise your hand? Would you put your hand real high if you're like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be an image bearer. I want to look just like he does. I want to trust in him with everything that I've got. I want to go wherever he calls me to. Open your eyes and look around. Look around. You're not alone in it. You're not on your own in this journey. God is saying it's okay because we all fall into the temptation to want to hide who we really are. But he's saying you can let the mask down and we can do it together. And we can pursue God and go where he's calling us to because you are a child of God. You are created in the image of the invisible God. And we can rejoice and celebrate them together. So right now as we respond in worship and praise, I want to ask everyone to rise to your feet as we can sing the goodness of who God is. And right now, if you if you need prayer in this place, we're actually going to be lined up along this far wall over there. The pit's a little bit dirty today. So we're going to go right along that sidewall. A few of us will be along there. And if you need some prayer, you can make your way over. And We love to pray over you as you enter into this journey to remove the mask. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for those who responded today to say they want that mask to be gone so that they can be an image bearer of you because you are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.